celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And if you can see us now, you see that I'm massaging the studio cat. Uh oh, the studio cat. She likes. She it likes too. that. Yeah. Look she, at her. Well, you know, she lets me touch her in places that uh, cats usually don't let you touch them, like their belly. They usually most cats. Don't like yeah, their that's belly or their a no go zone. That's a no go <laughs> yeah. zone. But for some reason, she just stands there and lets me rub it back and forth. It makes her feel good. And uh, so I'm learning to massage. But today we're going to have an expert on who's going to tell us exactly how we need to massage our animals. Because it's important to massage. I mean, wouldn't you like a massage? Why wouldn't your animals like a massage? <laughs> well, it's more than but just that they would like it. It actually has healing benefits. And, you know, it helps with stress and, you know, chronic disease. So there's there's more than just petting your pet. I think we should all give each other a massage here. And what we'll do, we can do, set up <laughs> one of these massage. lines. Group yeah. massage. Get the For everybody get, in a circle. Get the animals and then, then us, too. Yeah. Of course. Well, you get in a circle and you massage the person in front of you and they massage the person in front of them. You do a circle a and everybody gets... We're going to do a circle massage right Circle massage, on yes. Animal everybody Radio. gets massaged. <laughs> Aren't you glad you tuned in now? Uh, coming up in about 20 minutes after your calls with Dr. Debbie and Joey Villani, we're going to hit the newsroom. And Miss Lori Brooks, what do you have coming up? Well, there's a, a group in Los Angeles that's like none other anywhere else in the country. So if, if you are close in the Southern California area... If you ever have this kind of problem with your pet, these will be the people who come and rescue you. And they have a 100% save rate. Oh, you got to love that. Wow. Yeah. Okay, which one? Let's. See. They're all ringing. Let's just go to two. Well, hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Uh, hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? Calling from Orange County, California. The L.A. area, probably listening on coast. How can we help yeah. you? I was wondering, I've got an eight-year-old Rottweiler, and he's shedding like crazy, and he's always kind of, you know, sheds a little here and there, and then has like a big one annually or so, but Mm -hmm. it's been, it's like excessive every single day, and it's been since we relocated into a rental while we do some work on our house, and it's been the whole time that we've been here. It was really hot. This place is really hot, It was, and it was a hot house for a while, but it's not hot anymore. <laughs> okay. And is he losing any hair, like, in patches? Does he have any kind nope. of skin sores, redness, anything like that? like that. And no changes in behavior or general well-being or, um, you know, appetite, energy, nothing, nothing else going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there's a couple of things that could be at play here. There's there's definitely environmental changes. Um, so whether that's humidity related, okay. um, uh, you know, if changes in your uh, grooming plan that you're doing for him. So if he's not getting maybe the same kind of brushing um, or bathing regimen, that would be something to address as well. But, you know, you mentioned a big life change, a move um, to a new home, a new environment. And, um, you know, animals can definitely have stress. Um, stress-related hair loss. So, you know, not to say your dog's going to need a toupee or anything, but um, they they definitely, the, the different um, hormones and uh, chemical messengers involved with the stress response can alter the the phase that um, a dog's hair cycle or a cat's hair cycle is in at any given point in time. So that basically can mean that we can go from a growth phase of hair to shutting down and being a stagnant phase or vice versa. Okay. So, you know, we can have a situation where we have a lot of hair loss right now. And um, so that's that's definitely possible. So there's the different ways we can address that. One would be 
definitely working on the environmental things, you know, addressing humidity. Um, you mentioned a dry environment. Um, work on, you know, getting a regular bathing, brushing plan. And, um, you know, I know Joey has some favorites that he likes, but, you know, things like even using um, a Furminator. Right, um, I've been couple- doing that. Mm-hmm. A couple times okay. a week can help really get to, you know, get some of that undercoat out, some of that heavier coat. Okay. But then, you know, I like to look. I'm sorry? sorry to interrupt. It's okay to do it that often? Like it's okay to fermentate them a couple times oh, a week yeah. like that? Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I, I try to do it in sessions that are comfortable for the dog. So I don't want right. it ever to be an unpleasant thing. So if it means you do smaller um, bouts more frequently, I would rather that. And just try to stay on top of that hair loss there. And then the other thing is, you know, try to address the stress. And there's different ways we can do that. Setting consistent um, schedules in the home. Um, dogs thrive on, you know, knowing what the schedule is, knowing what to expect, when people are coming home, and trying to make sure that everything is as consistent as possible from meal time to exercise time to potty time. Um, okay. But then look at things that we can help internally, and that might be using some different um, supplements. Um, and I know we work quite a bit with VetraScience, and they have some fabulous products that address some of the behavioral issues, um, like okay. composure, which is um, helps with stressful events, and as well as a skin um, a supplement, uh, the, their skin strength or derm strength. Those might so it's, it's called derm strength. Yes. Um, so they also have a skin supplement called Derm Strength, um, which helps okay. on, and replenishes uh, fatty acids for the hair coat. Um, and, you know, these kind of products aren't quick fixes. They're, you know, going to be a more gradual way to address the stress and improve uh, her, um, you know, your dog's response to the stress in the environment okay. and hopefully help the hair coat out as well. So you might okay. give that a try as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of love. <laughs> that's, a, okay. that's a big thing. Okay. I'll try that. Thank you. Thanks, Elizabeth. Um, Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the dream team you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iphone android and blackberry this portion of animal radio is underwritten by vetra science just like their owners pets get older those joints stiffen up and jumping for joy just a pain in the arse now glycoflex hip and joint supplements from vetra science help support joint health in your pet and we thank vetra science for underwriting animal radio hey john welcome hey how you doing doing good where are you calling from today I'm in uh, Florida. Florida, so, oh. little north of little north of West Palm Beach in Stewart. Beautiful day there today. Oh yeah, oh, it's great. Well, Doctor Debbie's right here. What's going on with your animals? Uh, well, the problem that I have is I, I have a hundred pound boxer, or almost a hundred, and I have a mutt, but they drink a lot of water. But what my problem is, I have a, a water bottle in the garage turned upside down, and you know the five gallon bottle on top of a bowl it used to only be a two gallon and i put a bigger one on but it Mm -hmm. would get all moldy inside so my vet told me it was okay to use pool water in it which keeps it clear but i'm just worried about them drinking so much pool water continuously i mean they always have fresh in the house but they're always outside because they just have to be out with you and they drink quite a bit plus other dogs visit and i probably fill it twice a week Okay. But yeah, I mean, definitely in a hot environment. So if we have a, a large amount of water, we can definitely have some mold accumulation, some different, um, 
different things growing in there. So that's not an ideal situation. And definitely changing it more than twice a week, I'd have to say, for any water source, ideally we'd be changing that water daily um, because that alone will help um, decrease the incidence of things growing in that water and, and just losing its uh, freshness. Um, right. So that would be one thing. And uh, I'm glad to hear it's out of the sun because that's the other tip that I was going to recommend is to keep the water source out of the sun because that will definitely um, hasten uh, the development of uh, green water or slime in there. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not opposed to pool water, and dogs drink pool water as long as we're dealing with the really diluted chlorinated water that's in pools. It's really not a big deal. Uh, the problem comes if you have pools that are shocked and that have the high concentration of the chlorine, the chemicals in that. That's when we really don't want to be touching that water. That should not be any business for the doggies at that time. Um, but for every, you know, everyday water, it's it's not a big deal. And, okay. uh, you know, some folks, you know, will even uh, add a little bit of bleach to drinking water as a way to keep uh, it uh, uh, safe if you're out hiking. Um, so that's even one thing that we can do is some use some very dilute bleach in the drinking water. Well, that was, <clears throat> that was my next question as opposed to, you know, them continuously having to pull water because I, I'm just out, I work so much outside, and they're always out with me, and they're just continuously using this bottle. And, uh, I mean, you know, they, they kill it, but it's still, it just starts getting green. And that's, that was another suggestion, was one tablespoon of bleach per gallon of water. And I wasn't sure about, I mean, they say it's okay for humans if you let it sit 30 minutes, but I wasn't sure for these guys or just stay with the pool water and I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, I could see a benefit with the the bleach, and I think what you said is much higher than what I typically use. I only use about eight drops per gallon um, for um, for the sanitation, sanitizing that water. So um, at that level, you might pick up a little bit of an odor of bleach, but you just kind of let it sit, like you said, and it should be okay for long-term ingestion. Um, but you don't want to eyeball it. You really want to measure it out um, because you get enough bleach <laughs> ingested, and that could be a problem if you're, if you're just kind of winging it on the dilution there. Hey, Doc, um, what about those spigots? Aren't there spigots that you can turn on but don't, don't drip the water where the dog drinks and it only comes out when the dog drinks from it? Yeah, like that? so yeah, that's a great setup as well. If you can, if you can do that, and if you have the water source where um, you know you can set that up outside, so yeah, that's a nice alternative as well. Because um, you definitely want to have fresh water. You know, there's so many different protozoas that can uh, even just in a sitting bowl of water. Yeah. So whether or not we're having large amounts, things like Giardia, which is a protozoa that you know it's just a common everyday thing. We can find it in dog bowls, cat bowls, if the water in the bowl is not changed frequently enough. Um, um, so, so that is imperative, and, and definitely we want those dogs to drink tons of water. It's good for them, um, and especially if they're out and they're active in that high temperature, we want to give lots of fresh water for them. And it, it's a high temperature, but it's the humidity. Like on my on my back porch, even where the pool is, I'll get I'll get like uh, mold, slime. They'll start to grow yeah. on the glass on the sliding doors. It gets funky back there, even. <laughs> Where they drink out of the pool, but the pool is fine, and 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 but it's just you know it's just kind of yeah it's just it's just the way that our state is you know with the humidity. Yeah, John, you know you make me thrilled that I live in a desert environment. I don't have to worry about mosquitoes. I don't have to worry about green slime. It's great out here. You know, when you started this call, I wanted to be there in Florida with you. <laughs> now, yeah, now but not uh, so much. call me around Christmas time. You got because you because you have the uh, yeah. the uh, tarantulas and the. Uh, we got our own share of uh, fun and games. Scorpions and the big spiders. 
Well, thank you for your call today. We appreciate it, John. one 405 8405 This portion of Animal Radio underwritten by VetraScience. Give your pets the extra support they need. From Glycoflex joint support to composure for pet stress, VetraScience has the supplement for all of your pet's needs. I thank you, VetraScience, for underwriting Animal Radio. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with canine caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Okay, write this down. You may not need these numbers now, but you may sometime have a question about your pet and want to talk to Dr. Debbie or groomer, dog father Joey Villani, or Ladybug, the studio stunt dog. All at the same phone number. It's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. And you can also ask your questions from our free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And uh, we're just about 10 minutes away from a check from the Animal Radio newsroom. And Miss Lori Brooks, what do you have for us this hour? Uh, there's an ESA story. You ESA, remember that means? ESA, ESA. Emotional... Support. Support. Animal. Animal. Okay. Right. Um, there's a guy who's got an ESA th- that I've never heard of anybody having before. Uh-oh. This will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, don't you think maybe instead of just doctors, that maybe doctors and veterinarians, Dr. Debbie, should uh, be writing the note to say that this person requires it. The doctor would do that. And then the veterinarian would say, yes, this person is in good standing with me. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I like that idea. Visit? Yeah. This isn't just a, a weird emotional support animal, is it? Because I'm hearing about yeah, this all yeah. the time. Yeah, it, it is. But it's there's another angle of the story that you hear about all the time. But this story is just bizarre because... I have never even heard. In fact, I'm not even sure this animal is, I, I don't want to say capable, but, but I don't know. It's a wild animal. <laughs> Emotional support. That could be a worm. They, they don't have to be capable of it, doing anything. They just have to bring you comfort. <laughs> if this worm. You're right. If you they are absolutely comfort right. you. comfortable. And yeah. My emotional support. And it doesn't need an extra seat on a plane. It rarely causes any problems. <laughs> except with germ freaks. Neat freaks. Could be a worm. I will never forget that one, guys. <laughs> See, I want to support cricket. Emotional support cricket. Emotional support. You cricket. just like the sound of the. Uh, yeah, that, that the sound support. would be soothing. I love crickets too. And it's so hard to get the vest on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Okay, let's uh, go to the phone. Save us, please. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Well, good morning, Robin. I have Doctor Debbie here for you. What's going on? Well, I have uh, two uh, pugs. One one is a pug mix, and uh, the full pug. Uh, recently had uh, tapeworms. A groomer discovered this situation, and uh, I treated her, gave her the pills and all, and uh, all seems to be well. However, my second dog uh, does not seem to have any visible uh, signs of having this, but I am suspicious because sometimes uh, he thinks that uh, his little buddy's poop is a dessert and uh, will sometimes uh, imbibe. So I'm worried about uh, the other dog, and it seems to me only logical that I probably should treat him for the tapeworm also, even though it does not seem to have any symptoms. Yeah, no, I agree, Robin. I think we, you really ought to because, you know, the tapeworm isn't necessarily, it's not infectious between dog to dog. Um, so what happens is they're actually getting infected from some other host. Um, and generally we have a problem with fleas in yeah. Um, households. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, a lot of times I actually ran into someone at the dog park one day and she's like, oh my gosh, my dogs have tapeworms and they're giving it to each other back and forth. My vet said, and I was like, oh my God, your vet said your dog gave your other dog tapeworms. That's so wrong. <laughs> so wrong. But they're getting them from, the, you know, the fleas. They're getting them from things like different insects that carry the, the flea parasite uh, or the, the tapeworm parasite. So, um, yes, I would definitely deworm them and make sure they're on a regular, um, flea and tick strategy as well as internal parasite um, yeah, deworming. Yes, I had slipped up on that because I hadn't seen any fleas and the groomer comment, commented that there were just very few, like one or two on the one dog, but uh, that must have been the carrier, you know. Yeah, now, yeah. Now, and, uh, a, a sub-question here would be uh, if I uh, examined the, the stool from the dog that did not get treated for the tapeworm, uh, would I be likely to, to determine then if uh, he has them? No, that's the hard thing. Yes. So you cannot actually look at a stool sample and say that they don't have tapeworms. Likewise, if you bring me a poop sample and I send it into the lab and we do a fecal test for parasites, Dogs that have tapeworms commonly have negatively reported fecal tests. And this is always very confusing when I tell people this. They're always very angry. Why? I saw the worms on the poop. How come you can say they don't have worms? Tapeworms are very sneaky. So um, they actually kind of live inside. They don't have to come outside. You may be fortunate enough to see a little bit on the anal area. They look like little dried rice or on fresh fecal material. But um, just looking for them is not necessarily going to prove if you've you've cured them. Now, if you do see them, yes, I believe you've got them. But the absence of seeing tapeworms doesn't mean you don't have them. Uh-huh. I see. But so, you, yeah. you do definitely think that I should uh, just routine, routinely uh, treat the other one just to make sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I would say definitely treat the other one right now. And um, if you battle with fleas on a regular basis um, you know, throughout the year, it is a wise strategy to deworm on a regular basis. And there's a lot of different types of um, flea, tick, and heartworm products that include treating for tapeworm. Sometimes you have to do that separately. So it's just a matter of, you know, finding out what your veterinarian is using and what um, what they want you to use for, for everything. Uh, I see. 
All right. Well, I thank you very much. All right. Thanks for the call. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn, the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at redbarninc.com. And thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagging tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Yes, all dog souls go to heaven. But what you do with their earthly bodies after they leave, that's up to you. I say this because now you see you have more options. There is cremation, of course, bury them at a pet cemetery, or even as we talked about a few weeks ago, turning their ashes into synthetic diamonds, which is pretty expensive, starting at about $2,500 for the smallest size diamond. However, today we have another option for you. And gardeners and environmentalists, you especially, are going to love this. Now you can have your pet composted. (laughs) Composted by a company called Rooted Pet in Washington State. This method uses a lot less energy than firing up a, you know, big cremation oven and requires less land than a graveyard. It's kind of like dust to dust you know, returning to the earth. Now, this isn't really a new idea. In fact, it's the same method that a lot of farms use to dispose of dead livestock, and it is how a lot of states these days deal with roadkill. But here's how Rooted Pet does it. And believe it or not, the process is done indoors. And then in six, sometimes eight weeks later, it is all turned into dirt, basically. A really great, dark, rich compost which they say looks and smells like any compost that you would use in the garden. So once your pet becomes compost, you do have some choices. The company says you can let them use it on their farm for a tree planting project, or they can send you a potted house plant growing in your pet's compost. How novel is that? that I mean, that is that is what novel. a brilliant idea! Wow! I know, I know, you're wondering how much does it cost? Because I mean, I think it's very comparable to um, pet cremation. Uh, it's about two hundred dollars for pets between twenty-one and fifty pounds, and a little bit less, uh, like twenty bucks less for the medium size, and then for Small, small animals like birds and fish up to, you know, five pounds or less is $149. Hmm. For free, I can bury Fluffy out by the old oak tree and, and it will compost. pretty much do the same thing, won't he? Yeah, but it's not, I don't know, I guess in, in some places you can't do that. I think it is illegal in a lot of places that you're not allowed to bury them in your yard anymore. But, you know, my concern would be if I got a potted plant, would my other animals smell it and want to dig in it? No. 
No, I mean, not. it's not like they would smell it like, ooh, that's a dead animal, or ooh, that is spot or fluffy or binky. Uh-uh. No. It would be just like what you would get at, you know, Lowe's or Home Depot on the weekend, and you get a big bag of, you know, compost. It's not potting soil, it's compost. So it's really rich, organic, all natural organic matter. With You know, it's really healthy for plants. Jeez, Elsie. a great idea. Your zucchini just tastes fabulous this year. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you you might not want to tell people that you grew their tomatoes in that, but you know, I yeah, think I think it's very cool, and we're always into bringing you new things. So you are, you and you know what? Now instead of being cremated or buried, I want to be composted. Composted. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Let me think about that one. There's a man living in Florida who is facing eviction from his condominium unless he refuses to part with his ESA. Quick. Uh, emergency or uh, emotional service animal. Emotional support animal. Okay. I'm trying to train you because this is something we're going to be hearing a lot about. But in this case, the ESA is a squirrel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, whatever it takes, The man right? rescued, yeah, he rescued this female squirrel who's in this I don't get. He named it Brutus. So obviously he's not a conventional guy. But uh, he rescued her shortly after Hurricane Matthew in Florida last year. He says she is really just like a cat, except she hides nuts. And pecans and hazelnuts, by the way, are Brutus's favorites. And he claims that he has required the required doctor's note, saying that he needs Brutus because he suffers from anxiety related to a car accident that happened more than 10 years ago. But nevertheless, the condo association says... Brutus is a wild animal and belongs outdoors, and they have given him one month to find her a new home. Mm, damn. I'm telling you, there's going to be so many cases over this stuff. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. It is Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. We'll head back to the phones toll free at 1-866-405-8405 in just a couple of minutes to talk to Dr. Debbie or to Joey Villani. But right now, Dr. Julie Reck is joining us. She is from the Veterinary Medical Center of Fort Mill, South Carolina. It's a uh, bustling practice with four full-time associate veterinarians, and I might also add a fear-free certified practice. Welcome to the show, doctor. Hi. Good to be here. Well, now tell us a little bit about your practice. It's, it's, uh, where is it located? Sure. We are just south of Charlotte, North Carolina, a little beautiful suburb called Fort Mill, South Carolina. So we have a lot of families that commute in uh, and work in the city and then enjoy our neighborhood for a nice suburban lifestyle. And our practice, I opened it in 2011. So we're fairly new, uh, but we grew really quickly, which has been wonderful. And um, as we grew, we also wanted to cultivate the type of medicine and services that we're offering. So we worked hard to become AHA accredited, and that's a voluntary action in veterinary medicine. But when Fear Free emerged onto the scene in veterinary medicine, we were really quick to to see that this is a direction that 
our profession needs to head in. And we quickly got 18 people, everyone who's involved in animal handling certified in my practice. So we're so proud to have achieved that. And we're all getting ready to work on our level two certifications and get the practice officially fear-free certified when that launches in 2018. You have a fear-free exam room. What is that? What is the difference for pets and for pet owners? Well, it's all about setting the stage for an excellent experience for not only our pet, but also for our clients. And it goes back to really good communication leading up to the appointment. So we go over important things like the benefit of bringing a stool sample in with each appointment. We may or may not use it, but every time we don't have to be invasive and retrieve that from your pet, that's one very negative experience that they don't have to have every single time they're in here. So they certainly appreciate it. Well, then when they come into our lobby, we have our lobby and exam rooms full of what are called pheromones. Now, these are little diffusers that we plug in. Um, Dogs and cats have their own specific calming pheromones and receptors that are unique to each species. We can't smell them at all as human beings. And the cat can't smell the dog one and the dog can't smell the cat ones. And that has oftentimes an immediate calming effect on our patients. We also have either bandanas for dogs or towels for cats that are infused with pheromones as well as calming like lavender, chamomile essential oils that clients can pick from. So the uh, dogs go ahead and we put a bandana right on them as soon as they arrive. So they're not only getting the, we call it a layering of pheromones. They get the pheromones dissipated through the air in the exam room. They're also so wearing that. For cats, we have it on a towel. We open up the carrier door and that towel also has catnip on it. And the other aspect of a fear-free exam room is that we do very little of our exams actually on elevated surfaces, being the exam tables. Um, both myself and my staff members, we actually get down on the ground with our patients. That's where they're most comfortable. Um, sometimes I've examined uh, pets in my client's laps before or on the bench sitting next to my client. So ultimately, the other big aspect of a fear-free exam room is that the pet gets to choose where they're getting examined and what they're comfortable with. After uh, about 17 years of doing this radio show, we've acquired a lot of listeners that are veterinarians and vet techs and work within the industry. What is one piece of advice or information or a tip about Fear Free that you would give any of these listening, any of these people? I I would love that. So when I learned about Fear Free last year um, and kind of made the decision that this would be a great thing for us to all get some additional training on. I uh, really just thought we were all going to go through these 10 modules, we'll get on the same page with animal handling. It would be a little extra investment in all of our individual training, and that would be fantastic. I really underestimated the fact that I was going to be embarking on massive organizational change in my practice. And what's turned out to be organizational change in the best direction possible, but it's really completely changed the culture of our practice. The veterinary field is hard. It, we suffer from compassion fatigue and burnout, and, you know, it can have a negative undertone. And we're really looking for ways in this profession to combat that. And what was so surprising was I really embarked on our fear-free journey for the obvious pet benefit, and I had no idea that it was actually going to benefit us as professionals, make us fall in love with our jobs more, make us feel more fulfilled and more rewarded, and have this positive impact in our practice. And ultimately, to me, that the real gem of Fear Free is not just what it can give our patients, but what it can give us as professionals. Wonderful. Dr. Julie yes, Reck huh? joining us. If you want to learn more, head on over to fearfreepets.com. And, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. This portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by Fear Free. 
The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi, this is Jeff and Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food. But we can tell you, alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So, when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets, your pets, toll free. It's 1-866-405-8405. On next, we have... Tracy Vroom. I just love that name. Vroom. 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 She is a craniosacral therapist. What I, is that? I have no clue. I'm going to ask her. She uh, is an instructor at the Rocky Mountain uh, School of Animal Acupressure and Massage. And she's joining us right now. Hi. Welcome, Tracy. How are you Hi. doing? Hi. Thank you. What is a craniosacral therapist? Well, it's it's a type of body work and energy work that um, we apply to the animals. Uh, we work with them to, to work with the nervous system and find uh, patterns in the body that, that are limiting their health or causing challenges with their health. And so we it's a very light palpation, but it's, uh, it's a beautiful, gentle technique, and the animals seem to just love it. So we're, ta- we're talking specifically about dogs, or okay. are we talking about dogs and cats and horses? What? Everybody. Okay, all of them. So I could give all my cat a massage if I wanted to is what you're saying. Absolutely. I have in my practice quite a few cats. If I wanted to start doing it, how would I learn to do the massages for my cats to make sure I didn't screw it up? And can you screw it up? <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I think in, <laughs> in any with any technique, you could potentially do harm. But I think the focus, the, when, I'm, when I'm teaching students, we talk a lot about being mindful. And so the first thing you want to do is make sure the cat or the dog, whatever animal you're working with, is interested. They're interested in a massage. They're they're saying, yes, that's great. So we ask, it's like asking permission. I do a couple test massages with a flat hand. So if I start at the head and just run my hand down the back, if the animal says, yes, this seems interesting, <laughs> then I can start to pers- go into a deeper, uh, longer massage. But if they say no, then, and they walk away, then we, we let it go. But so the first step is just engaging the animal and making sure they're interested. Are there certain areas that I should completely stay away from? 
I, we try to not use a lot of pressure on, let's say, the low leg or the areas of the muzzle where you're over the teeth, um, any sensitive area where it's close to the, bo- the bones or close to the surface, so the spine. We don't really massage the spine area. We massage the big muscles and the legs and the neck and even the top of the head. That's all fine, but we just avoid the areas where it would feel too pokey or uncomfortable. And I have to say, you know, okay, I know, Hal, you always think I'm so science-centered. centered. Um, but, you know, I, I actually, I do at least a monthly massage. Um, I've started to dabble in going to folks for energy work um, from everything from Reiki to sound baths. Um, so I find this very intriguing, and it, I think it's just not really well recognized and studied that this is potentially an, al- an alternative therapy we can bring into into um, veterinary uh, care. Um, so I, I find that very interesting, that kind of marriage of using this type of therapy along with a lot of, you know, the other traditional um, scientific approaches to, to chronic disease and illness. I think you're right. It's been used with humans for a very long time, and there, there are many studies out there about uh, the compression that happens in the in the skull, and so between the the plates of the the bones of the skull, and when those are they're not moving freely, that um, there are emotional issues and physical issues, and there's a science behind it. It restricts the the spinal fluid from feeding the nervous system. So there is a true science behind the work, but I think a lot of people are put off by the. Uh, that that it is the the word energy comes in, and they say, oh wait mm-hmm. a minute, not in, not interested. <laughs> Yeah, well, and cats, you know, things with cats, they are little stress monsters sometimes. So, you know, we can have chronic bladder problems. People may mistakenly treat them for, you know, bladder infections, and they actually have excessive stress in in their life. So I I think that addressing this component can be really um, uh, life-changing for a lot of pets if, if we can get that care that they need. I just got to schedule the time. Gosh, I, it's hard for me to get a massage <laughs> scheduled now for my dogs. <laughs> it's yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. I think if you just think about it in terms of take five, ten minutes to do a little tea touch, a little massage. Um, I've been working with Petwell for the last couple months to, talking about the massages that they've created to make it a little easier for people to work with their pets. Um, they developed a line of products that they have instructions on the packaging and it, you know, they say take five minutes, um, and use the roller, the roller, um, tool on the back and neck and see what happens. So I think it's interesting that they've taken a little bit of the stress out of, out of making a mistake, um, from the, for the owners. Is massage different on a young dog as compared to an old dog? In other words, is there a place where an old dog might like it more? I think the cautionary with the older dogs is the young dogs. We we have at the this Rocky Mountain School of Animal Acupressure and Massage, we have a class geared towards, you know, general massage. Then we have the athlete. And so an athletic massage would be very different than a senior massage. So our level three class is about seniors. So we are really cautious if the dog has any joint or hip pain mm-hmm. that we are really gentle over the joints. But it can be hugely beneficial for dogs with joint disease, degenerative joint disease like arthritis to keep that joint a little more supple. So if we can go over those areas where they say, ouch, you know, you'll see them kind of hold their breath or their eyes will get a little, you know, hard or they'll close their eyes even to say, ah, I don't know about that. Um, We just go softer in those areas. If people want to learn more about what you're doing, is there a website? Yes. My website is tracyvroom.com. 
and the massage school's website. If you want to get certified, if it really excites you as far as a career, you can go to rmsaam.com. So it's the initials of the school.com. And we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. Tracy Vroom. I just like saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls toll-free at 1-866-405-8405 next. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio. Featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Coming up this hour, a guy who started a cat cafe in Chicago. Apparently this is the new rave all across the world, uh, especially in China, I believe is where it, it mostly started. They have these places where you can uh, sometimes go in and have a cup of coffee, an espresso, and then there's cats all running around. They're supposed yeah, I... to calm you. Can you hear that? We're at a cat cafe. Yeah, can you hear the purring? That is amazing. That That is Moxie. Wow. <laughs> Moxie is quite a purr. Holy moly. She sure is. She, you know, she may get a part-time job at a cat cafe. I don't know. She's <laughs> going to have to pay for all this uh, awesome care and you know, all these cat toys and tunnels. And my goodness, it, being a cat owner is so different than a dog owner. you got to have, like, different things to excite them and give them entertainment from one minute to the next. And they still don't respect and you. And then you need to wear rubber pants <laughs> when they yes, crawl up your absolutely. <laughs> And then, you pull out the, and then you pull out the plastic bag, and it's the best toy in the whole house. Absolutely. Or the box that the expensive toy that you purchased came in. That's what I found out. Always is a good toy for them. So uh, how is that Moxie thing going since we since we happen to be following it? Yes. The, the Moxie report is um, she's doing very good. We are having a little problem with the biting. Um, she's definitely not um, responding to correction with the biting. So we're trying to, uh, I'm trying to learn better to recognize when she's about to bite and then to um, swiftly get her off my lap. Well, now, aren't cats <laughs> chewers and biters anyway by, by trade? Yeah, yeah, and and she is, you know, she, you know, she is exploring her environment, but it's in a different context. It's while you know she's being held, and purring, looking lovey at you, and then all of a sudden she bites your finger. Um, so that's the kind of bite that I'm not enjoying. You know, I don't mind if she's playing and we're doing like you know a little cat dancer toy or something like that. I expect she's gonna be bouncing around. So we're working on that, but otherwise she's grown like uh, leaps and bounds, and uh, she's uh, what almost 12 weeks now, so about 11 wow. weeks right now. Mm-hmm. And I hope uh, you're talking, taking lots of videos for whoever you're fostering her for. Yes. Oh, videos, uh, photos. Um, yes, it's it's kind of ridiculous. I'm already planning the holiday outfit. So, you know, I have some like little reindeer ears that I think may be appropriate. So I'm going to try to see if I can find that or the Santa hat that will, will oh work out. So oh we'll get ready. You're treating the you're treating the cat like a dog. She's responding like a dog. She chases. She plays fetch. She actually get this. I've actually got her now to jump up on the table, and we are brushing her teeth. Oh, that's good to start wow. that early. That is really really good. You know what I did with my cat, the one that's sitting here in my lap, letting me rub her belly, 
is you'll notice that I can also stick my finger in between her claws and rub her and massage her hands. She doesn't call yeah. me or anything like that. That's amazing. Because I started that young when she mm-hmm. was really, really young. And if you can get there, especially the brushing the teeth thing, because I, I won't be able to ever do that. I'm, I'll be honest with you. You know, we give all kinds of advice here, like you should be brushing <laughs> teeth all the time. But I just have trouble brushing my cat's teeth. Cat doesn't like that whatsoever. You just got to start young. That's it. That's all yeah. I can say. That's, That's the, the trick. trick. Uh, should we take some calls? Are we ready? Yeah, let's go, let's go to the phones for you, Dr. Debbie. Okay. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks. How are you all today? Great. Good. Dr. Debbie, I got a question for you about my about five and a half year old golden doodle. Alrighty. What you got? Had, well, he had PPLO surgery about six weeks ago. And okay. I was wondering how soon is too soon to you know, let him go to the groomer and get himself cleaned up. He's kind of a, getting to be a stinky little fella. <laughs> well, so I'm going to have to explain for Hal. TPLO yes, surgery. Yes. <laughs> you were, I knew that question was coming. TPLO surgery is done for dogs that have a ruptured cruciate ligament, uh, which is one of the major ligaments in the knee. So just like a football player that blows out their knee, taking that turn and making that catch, dogs jumping oh. off a couch or catching a frisbee can blow out the knee the same way. So, um, so your doggy ruptured that. Now, how's he getting along post-surgery at this time? You know, the next day he actually walked out of the vet underneath his own power and he's been doing great. The hardest thing is keeping him, him calm. He wants to jump on everything and uh, Uh I've got to, yeah, it's, that's the hardest part of it. He amazingly is doing well. He did rip out all his stitches after seven days, but, or his staples, I should say. I'm not surprised. He he may have what we term uh, goofy retriever syndrome. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry, yeah. I've coined that because I have one myself. He's a goofy retriever. Um, yeah, prone to just trouble. Uh, are you having difficulty keeping him from doing things at this point now, huh? Yeah, we, we really are. Um, we we do. We had taken our our half of our bed and put it downstairs as to keep him off the stairs, you know, and stuff uh-huh. like that. But, now we are walking him up the stairs on the lead. We've never had to harness his back, but we are having a hard time keeping him down. Like when he sees other dogs out the window, he wants to run around the living room. Kind of hard to slow him down. Yeah. And when he wants to go real fast, he just lifts the leg up and then hops around on three. It's kind of hysterical, but, you know. <laughs> he takes the, the slow leg out from underneath him, and then he can really move. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's go-fast mode. Yeah. Well, with a dog that recovers from a TPLO surgery, normally the healing time we're looking at about two to three months out. And about eight weeks after the surgery is when ideally we ought to get an x-ray to see how the bone is healing um, because there is a plate involved with that. And we want to make sure that there's good healing callus of that bone there. Um, that might make some difference in whether or not we want to give you a kind of free reign to get into some of the grooming activities. Um, I'd have to say because he has goofy retrievers, syndrome and then you know we might push that back as far as we can for your typical standard type grooming um that being said there are some dogs that i have to get some kind of grooming done whether they're just stinky dirty from you know being post-surgery or what have you if we do have to get him to a groomer or do a home bathing there are some precautions that i would do and and one is to use a non-stick uh mat in the bathing tub um because that's very important we don't want him slipping and losing his footing in any way 
um, and jumping in and out of a tub is a horrible thing for a dog after this type of surgery. So if possible, we'd try to either do this. Um, I, I've even bathed some dogs um, in our dog runs at the office um, where we don't have to even worry about the up and down, and that helps to kind of make us feel better about that whole experience. Um, and then, uh, you know, know your dog and know your groomer. Um, if if it seems like it's a something they can pull off without risk of injury, um, you know, then it may be okay. But uh, for a lot of these really uh, silly, uh, exuberant uh, retrievers, I, I would push off the, the true grooming until we're cleared by the doctor that everything's healed. Okay. No, that, that sounds good. You know, I could deal with most of it. It's just his face is getting kind of crusty, and I wasn't sure how to handle that. <laughs> My dogs, they love a good hot rag on their face, and I call it the doggy spa. So they come and they get the hot, warm towels, and I put on their face, and they push and shove and push their way up. They get their ears clean and get the doggy spa. So, you know, even something as simple as that may make uh, make him feel good. And, you know, just like us, you got to look good to feel good. So, Absolutely. Uh, you, know. you know, and consequently, Dr. Debbie, this is the one I called you on about two and a half months ago that I wanted to get a second opinion on him. I thought it was a bad diagnosis, and it did turn out that it was. You were right. I'm glad I did. I did go get that second opinion, and I'm glad I did. Awesome. Great to hear. He's the best doctor around. That's why we... Come come here. Give me that. All right. He's giving me noogies here. A lot of love in the room right now. 1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio, underwritten by Vetra Science. Just like their owners, our pets are getting older. That means their joints are stiffening up and jumping for joy. Just not so easy anymore. Glycoflex hip and joint supplements from VetraScience help to support joint health in your pet. Thank you very much, VetraScience, for underwriting Animal Radio. We have Pam for Dr. Debbie. Hi, Pam. How are you? I rescued this kitten about, oh, it's been almost a year. I I haven't had her spaded yet. She, I don't know if she's coming in heat. Or what? But she cries. I mean, like maybe once or twice out of the month, she'll like this crying sound. Okay. And what what is she doing when she's crying? Is she trying to track you down? Trying to come closer to you? Is she back no, doors? She's uh, she okay? I have four other cats, but they're all faded. They've been faded since they were real little. Mm-hmm. And um, she'll go up to them and lay down or try to rub up against them. Okay, I'll tell you what, Pam. The simple truth, it sounds like your cat is just horny. <laughs> 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 it, it really does. Um, so well, kitties, <laughs> kitties will. Night, I brought a kitten from downstairs that hadn't been fixed. Up here. Well, he's Why? Are you kitten. looking for trouble here? No, I'm not. But I wanted to find <laughs> out if she was really in heat. And she got, she slapped him. She got mad at him. She hissed at him. Her hair stood up. That's love. So I... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, for kittens or for cats, they can go into heat generally about six months. But, you know, I've seen some female cats go into heat as early as four or five months of age. But when they do go into heat, it, it's pretty obnoxious. Um, they'll definitely kind of meow, carry on. Um, a lot of times they'll take their backside and stick it towards uh, their favorite loved one, whether it's either a, a person <laughs> or another animal. Um, and they'll stick their tail up really high, do a lot of rolling behavior. Now, and they'll, they'll go in and out of 
heat. And that's the crazy thing with cats is that it just doesn't stop. Like a dog will go into heat twice a year generally, and you're done and over with it. With cats, you can count on this fun pretty much year round because they'll go Ah. into heat for a couple days and then they'll go out for a couple weeks and then it'll come back. So, um, so yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I'd say. Get that taken care of. and But my goodness, you, you tempt fate getting that boy around there. And, you know, the way that cats mate, when they're mating, they actually turn around and, and they fight. So, you know, there's a little bit of love there, but there's also a little bit of hate. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. And, and, you know, you, you asked something, you know, is she in pain? We don't know. Um, it's certainly possible that cats could be having cramps. We don't know. So, um, you know, I guess you'd make the argument, heck. Most women hate their periods, so, you know, why not <laughs> spare her that heartache there? So. Very good. Thanks for your call today. We appreciate it, Pam. This portion of Animal Radio, underwritten by Vetra Science, give your pets the extra support they need. From Glycoflex joint support to composure for pet stress, Vetra Science has the supplement for all of your pet's needs. Thank you, Vetra Science, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet. And we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. Just a few minutes, we're going to talk to the guy who created the Cat Cafe in Chicago. And yes, Laura looks at me every time when I say guy because what? Guys can't like cats? Is that what you're saying? What's, no, that, what's the deal? that's not at all. It's just I've seen a picture of this guy, Christopher, right? Yes. And he doesn't look like you would expect. He doesn't look like you. Uh, you're Mr. Mellow. I, I don't know how Christopher is. I've never met him, but you know, with those cats and everything, and he's pretty handy. It just doesn't strike me as a cat guy. You know what? I think in a time in an age, a Weinstein age, where there is so much uh, sexual <laughs> harassment and uh, abuse being revealed, I gotta say that I'm I'm a little offended because I think any guys with muscles, guys with tattoos, guys that drive Harleys, guys that drive trucks, we have lots of drivers who have their cats with them. They drive truck all across the country. We like cats too, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing. In fact, there's nothing. Um, I would say sexier, but that's probably not appropriate in this moment either. There you go. Once again, where is the human resources director here at Animal Radio? Uh, what are you working on over there in the newsroom, Miss Brooks? Um, we've got the mother of all. My dog, or your dog, or any dog is, or any pet is good for your health. This study is so long, and of so many people, we'll tell you the results. Let's uh, hit the phones with Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's going on in your world? Well, I have a five-year-old mixed-breed dog who is part shepherd, and she is having issues with bladder stones. About four months ago, we had one removed, and she has another. Okay. Did you have the stone analyzed? Do we know what it was made out of? No, we did not do that one. We will on this one. I still okay. have that stone, actually. 
Oh, well, excellent. You take that to your veterinarian and send that out. Um, the reason is because it's so important that we know what these stones are made of. Um, some stones we can prevent with diet. Um, some breeds are kind of predisposed to a certain variety of stones. There's calcium-based stone, phosphorus, silica, urate. Oh, my gosh, there's so many. In German shepherds, I would first think of a silica-based stone. It's one that this type of breed is just prone to. And so that's where that test is going to be so important to have that analyzed. If it is, um, it can be a very challenging stone to prevent, but some steps that we'll do are to move to diets that are very low in vegetable matter. So for pets that have this particular type of stone, we'll go to more of a um, no-grain diet. Um, but the big thing is if anything is reoccurring, we got to make some steps and do some dietary changes just to try to help out. Um, and, and then the other things going along with that, any type of bladder stone, the ways we can help a pet to expel those crystals and the microscopic forms of those stones is to make sure they're producing lots and lots of urine. And the way we do that is we encourage them to drink, but, you know, you can't always force it down. But we can add things like a little bit of salt to the food, and that increases their thirst, and that'll increase the, the urine output. The other thing would be just a simple way to do that is canned foods have a higher moisture content. So whatever diet your veterinarian says is going to be the appropriate one for your baby, um, the canned varieties are definitely going to be the better way to go to just try to create lots of urine. And that way, we help to kind of basically flush the system naturally and try to get those crystals out before they build up into a stone. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List. Five must-give and low-cost gifts for your pet this season. The holidays are here, and you're scrambling to find that perfect gift for everyone on your list. Even Santa is feeling the pressure to deliver. Since you don't have the luxury of elves, I thought I would help my Animal Radio friends out with some advice that I've learned over the years from my friends at the North Pole. Let's begin with socks. Socks are not just for feet, they're also for making play toys for dogs and cats who can be entertained and energized playing with a sock. We all have a missing match for a sock or two, as we know the sock goblins always seem to grab one when we're doing laundry. Or maybe it's our beloved pet saying that they would like a new sock toy created with care and love by someone they treasure. So a DIY sock toy for your pet should be on your list this year. Next up is a homemade treat baked at home by you. That's a great way to treat your pet this year. I'm putting this in the no-cost category because it's very likely that you have the ingredients in your kitchen to make a simple but enjoyable treat for your cat or dog. It doesn't take a lot of ingredients, time, or money to create a treat that will warm your heart and fill their belly. And remember, there are a lot of easy recipes on the web as well as YouTube. Even I have a YouTube channel featuring many recipes for homemade pet treats. Next up, cardboard boxes are more than something to put your gifts in. In fact, cats, dogs, birds, and more often find a box very entertaining. If you want to add a little excitement for them, add a treat or two inside, and you'll see a motivated pet go to work with joy and excitement over this simple and convenient gift. Okay, this next one is one that always gets an all moment from those who hear the story, and yes, those who receive it. It's the t-shirt pillow bed window rest. And it's as simple as it sounds. 
You're going to take a few of your older, ready-to-be-retired t-shirts and stuff them into an older pillowcase or even one of the t-shirts, and you're going to seal the ends with a little bit of sewing or tie them off if you can't sew. Your pets will love this because it's a part of you, and you are what they treasure. Finally, the number one no-cost gift that you can and must give your pet this season is your time. Your pet needs this, and so do you. You are a family, and at this time of year, family is what matters most. Play a game of hide-and-seek, fetch, or even just snuggle up and watch your favorite holiday movie with them on your lap or in your arms. The holidays are meant for creating special memories that last forever, especially with your pets. Share your no-cost, must-give pet gift suggestions this year on our Animal Radio Facebook page. This holiday season, make the smart choice and switch to Sprint and get a new Samsung Galaxy S8, S8 Plus, Note 8, or S8 Active with 50% off your lease. That's right, the hottest Samsung devices, 50% off. Plus, with Galaxy Forever, you can upgrade to the latest Galaxy anytime after 12 lease payments. And when you switch to Sprint, you get the best price for Unlimited. $25 per month per line for a family of four, plus get a fifth line free. That's 50% off Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. You also get 10 gigabytes of mobile hotspot in HD, so you can stream your favorite holiday movies, music, and games. So stop by your local Sprint store, Sprint.com slash holiday deals, or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 to learn more. Requires 18-month lease and new line savings via monthly credit applied within two bills. Early termination results and remaining balance due after 131.19. Pay $38 a line per month with auto pay. Excludes taxes, surcharges, and roaming. Compared to Verizon Beyond Unlimited rates, AT&T Unlimited Plus Plan and T-Mobile One Plus Plan for five lines. Carrier features differ. Coverage and offer not everywhere. Subject to credit and $30 activation fee. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. There are literally so many studies out there saying pets are good for your health. I cannot even begin to count how many there might be. But this latest one is very significant. It's a huge undertaking, 12 years in the making. They studied 3.4 million people and found that adult dog owners are less likely to die than their non-dog-owning friends. Such long-lasting research, I mean, that many years, 12 years into so many people, millions, it, that kind of research is very hard to come by. Here's what they did. Researchers started following all of these people back in 2001, and they they selected this group so that no participants had any pre-existing heart conditions, okay? So this should be pretty accurate. They found after 12 years that People with dogs had a 23% reduced risk of death from cardiac diseases like heart failure, stroke, and and heart attack, but dog owners were also 20% less likely to die, period, or as they're saying now, hard stop. So if you're a single dog owner, the news is even better. The study found that people who live on their own, single people with a dog, had a 33% reduced risk of death compared to their non-dog-owning single counterparts. Now, why is that? Because single dog owners were shown to walk their dog a whole lot more often than those who live in multiple people or family households where the dog walking kind of gets done by a lot of different people. So not all dog breeds, by the way, protected healthily protected their owners equally. They found in this study that owners of hunting breed dogs had 
some of the lowest risk of developing cardiovascular disease and death. And people with pointer dogs specifically were 40% less likely to die. People with retrievers, for all you who have goldens, they were 26% less likely to die. Again, probably because those hunters are out there getting more exercise. But overall, this study in Sweden pretty much backs up a very similar finding by the American Heart Association, which says dog owners get more exercise. They have better blood pressure and cholesterol levels, thanks to all of that dog walking stuff, and stress reduction because you've got that furry friend to comfort you. Finally, congratulations to Chi-Chi. You guys are going to thank me for this story. (laughs) Chi-Chi is a three-year-old golden retriever who lives in Arizona and has become a certified therapy dog. And you're thinking, oh, big deal, there are therapy dogs every day. It's not a new thing anymore. No. Chi-Chi is an extraordinary dog who has survived the South Korean meat industry She was saved and flown from South Korea to Los Angeles, where all four of her legs had to be amputated because they were, frankly, rotting because she was in such bad health. Mm. She had been found in a garbage can. The story gets worse. I won't go there. But Chi-Chi now has four prosthetic legs and spends her time visiting a veteran's center, an assisted living facility for elderly, and a special needs elementary school. So she covers the whole age group span there. She's an incredible story. And if you'd like to follow Chi-Chi and see her picture, she's adorable. She's got pages on both Facebook and Instagram with about 45,000 followers that I'm sure will double after this story. Okay? Very cool. Very cool. I love it. Oh, she's awesome. A, she's Isn't that inspiring? I'm like, uh, you know, I love looking at that. You think you have a bad day. <laughs> And you check in, and it's like, this dog is my hero. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets and our emotional service iguanas and squirrels, you know, whatever it takes. Turkeys. Turkeys, yes. And for me, it's my cat who is uh, is actually sitting in my lap right now. Your cat is always in your lap, This though. It's like Velcro. <laughs> She's always there and often very vocal, too, and you often hear her in the background. Of course, all our animals are in studio. In the newsroom, Roro with uh, Lori. Roro is snoring over there They're on okay. the chair, and Tater is over here on the other chair. They're so quiet today. Yeah, they're all sleeping. We put them to sleep here in the studio. <laughs> you know who we have on uh, Skype with us is Chris Gutierrez. He is the co-founder of Catcade. Now, what is Catcade, you ask? It is the first ever cat cafe now open to the public in Chicago, I believe. Chris, how are you doing? Fantastic. How are you guys doing today? Very good. So tell us, how is Cat K doing and what is it all about? All right. Well, we opened on uh, August 19th, so we are just three months old. Um, we are a um, video game-themed cat cafe and rescue lounge. Uh, so what we do is we combine the elements of having like an adoption center, uh, a cafe, and a lounge. Uh, we're our own rescue as well because so, we are a nonprofit charity. Uh, and so what I did was um, my partner and I, Shelly Casey, decided to start, uh, start this together. 
after traveling the world, going to several different calf cafes and rescues on five different continents over the course of years. And finally, we were just frustrated that Chicago didn't have one. And so we decided to start our own. And uh, through the grace and generosity of so many donors, we were able to open our doors in August. And to this date, we have saved uh, almost 100 animals in uh, three months. Well, I commend you for that. Uh, Your clientele are these people that want to adopt animals and then they also want to play asteroids? (laughs) Yes, as a matter of fact, that's true. Um, It's funny because, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that have themes these days. And we kind of just figured we wanted to set ourselves apart. Well, we do as a um, just as people in general. Uh, Shelly and I both were are kind of the oddballs and the weirdos. And we were never like picked first for the kickball team in school and whatnot. And um (laughs) So we wanted to do something that was a little bit different and appeal to a different demographic. And so we figured, hey, let's put arcade game, like make it an arcade game theme and put arcade games in there and turn some of the arcade games into cat beds. And um, so what we wanted to do is basically the more we understand it's just it's a stick. All right. We get it. Um, but the more bodies that come through the door. Uh, the more animals we can save. And so if that, if you're going out with your friends on a night and three of you guys want to go to the cat cafe and one doesn't, well, guess what? There's something for that person who doesn't want to be there. There's something for them to do. So you can play Miss Pac-Man. You can play Galaga and Asteroids. And um, we also show movies and everything. So basically, we're set up in a way for it to feel like you're hanging out in someone's living room. Where do the cats come from? Uh, we get them from all over the place. Basically, we don't discriminate from wherever they need help. Uh, we pull everywhere from Chicago uh, all the way as far down as we've saved animals from uh, the Hurricane Irma uh, from Texas. Uh, we've done southern Indiana, Hazard County in Kentucky, and northern Alabama. So we have cats from all over the United States. So you must be a big cat lover, and you, I don't know if you get a lot of flack, but we give Hal here a lot of flack. Oh, studio, I don't know why he's you He's a do. big cat lover, and it's I think it's 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 awesome to see a guy that likes cats. Well, right. what I didn't realize is when I got started and involved in the rescue community is how few um, guys there are involved in this, and so um, we have partnered with uh, another shelter who are basically our mentors. Uh, felines and canines, uh, who are doing amazing work, especially with um, uh, FIV cats. Uh, but they basically said, you are going to stick out like a sore thumb. And I said, why? And they said, because you're a guy. Uh-huh. And I'm and they're like, and you're a guy covered in tattoos. And I was like, oh, really? Is that not a thing? And they're like, yeah, you're definitely going to stick out. So I didn't know that was <laughs> thing. <laughs> you got uh, a Jackson Galaxy. Jackson Galaxy, yeah, yeah I know. Exactly. Yeah, right. That's what I thought. Yeah. Is it paying for itself? How are you funded? How are you keeping the doors open? You know, um, initially, our initial startup was all crowdfunding. Um, we raised, we did an Indiegogo, uh, and through the Indiegogo and private contributions, we raised uh, almost $30,000. Wow. Uh, yeah, and so we are, we understood that the location was going to be everything, uh, foot traffic, uh, visibility. And so we found a, an amazing space after six months of looking every single day, uh, in the heart of Chicago in the Lakeview neighborhood. And it is right on a main strip. It's a great, it's a great, wonderful location. Uh, so, uh, we opened our doors through that and then we charged 15, we charged $15 an hour per person to hang out in our lounge. Now, uh, some that tends to be high for some places and it tends to be low compared to other places. Um, but basically that is the lowest amount that we've realized that we can charge in order to keep our doors open, continue to saving animals and maybe buy a pizza for one of us every now and then. Sure. <laughs> so um, it's a labor of love. Yeah. We don't get 
huge, we don't get huge donations like other shelters. We survive on $15 increments. Yeah. The video games are free though, aren't they? They're absolutely. Yeah. So you don't have to put quarters into the video games there and hanging out with cats. I mean, it's proven to uh, look how calm and relaxed I am. Yeah. L- ladies, would you say I'm like it? Yeah. Yes. How many cats do you usually have there at one time? Uh, well, our lounge, uh, with where the cats live is about 600 square feet. Uh, and so we have anywhere from, depending on our adoption rate, we try to keep it around low twenties. And in the evenings, they stay there on the premises when you close your doors? That's where they live. That's their home. Very, very cool. If people want to learn more, is there a website? Yes, it's thecatcade.org. And it's like arcade, but catcade. Easy to remember. Of course, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. Chris, thank you so much for hanging with us and telling us about the Catcade. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Let's head back to the phones. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 for your calls. Whether your kids are still in car seats or high school, Chrysler offers an entire lineup of family-friendly vehicles designed to make your life easier. And now, take advantage of great deals at your local Chrysler dealer. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Everybody's had trouble finding their car keys or maybe a TV remote, but when a California man lost his false teeth, he was convinced he didn't just misplace them. 68-year-old Bill Exner blamed the mouse, a mouse that Bill and his wife had captured three times and three times it escaped. He last remembered seeing his dentures on his nightstand, and after searching all over the house for them, he convinced his daughter's fiancé to take a crowbar and hammer to the closet wall with a small hole in it where he'd seen the mouse run in. After tearing up some molding, the dentures were retrieved. Bill's future son-in-law suggested boiling the dentures in peroxide before putting them in. Bill's wife says the mouse frequently comes out and stares at him, taunting him. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. And we go to Darlene. Hi, Darlene. How are you? Hi. Great. What's going on in your world? I have a three-year-old Pomeranian who constantly digs at his front paws. I mean, for hours on end. Okay. And um, is he bothering any other parts of his body or just on his feet? Just on his feet. I've changed his diet. Um, They put him on prednisone for a little while. It didn't seem to help. Mm -hmm. Um, I changed to the uh, natural balance food. It's just for hours on end. It keeps me up all through the night. He's just, he's miserable. Oh, okay. Now, does he have hair loss there or any kind of color change? Nope. Anything, nothing like that? Just He's just chewing nope. away at those feet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I like some of the approaches that you started because when we see a doggy that is chewing their feet, uh, front feet, back feet, it, it tends to be a really um, a focus area where we can kind of call that a symptom of allergies. The tough thing is that there's a lot of things that can also look like allergies. For me, um, I always have to kind of take some samples, look at those feet area, because it's very common in the feet. We can miss some other things that can go along with that. 
And it does bother me. If the, if the prednisone, a steroid, did not help with your pet's comfort, we might be barking down the wrong tree, if you will. Um, so I want to make sure that we get some good um, eyeballs and uh, evaluation of those feet areas. Some things we look for will be mites. Um, we may see problems with yeast infections um, or bacterial infections in there. Now, um, so, two months so that's going to be... Two mu- Two months ago, they treated him for a yeast infection, and that went away. And okay. the, the, the biting has not. Okay. Well, I mean, and that's that's definitely good. Um, but then that kind of bothers me because if his yeast has gone away and he's still showing those symptoms, um, you know, yep. we may have some underlying allergies there. So some okay. some thoughts that I would kind of share with you as far as with diets. You know, there's definitely a lot of ways that we can go about with a pet with allergies and just simply changing the diet isn't always enough um what we need to do is get very strict and go into more of a hypoallergenic diet and there's some really good ones that your veterinarian can recommend but even if you're not inclined to go that route um, we can do some home cooked hypoallergenic diets and um, i have some local dermatologists that work with us and sometimes they'll put a pet on a sweet potato pinto bean diet and just feed that and exclusively that and if the symptoms go away then we have a strong index of suspicion that we've got a food allergy, and then we can try to find something yeah. on it for a more long-term strategy. Um, but just changing to another brand isn't always the same because there's a lot of common ingredients in dog foods, whether they be proteins like chicken or beef, or if there's something like a corn or a grain. So um, allergies happen with all sorts of things. So that's kind of that okay. long story there. Now, some things I would encourage you to see uh, your veterinarian for would be if your pet's not already on a fatty acid. Acid, an omega fatty acid supplement. I would do that, and that's an oral, okay. um, usually a liquid or a gel cap. Uh-huh. One other thing that can help pets with bad skin disease, whether it's allergies or chronic infections, is something, it's a type of a spot-on, and it's called a ceramide spot-on. Um, and this is something that's kind of new to veterinary dermatology, and it's really kind of, uh, it, for me, it's helped a lot of my allergy patients. And it's a, basically a product that you apply to the skin, and it helps to restore the normal fats or lipids that are in the skin. And in, oh, okay. in, in pets that have skin disease, they don't have really good a protective barrier in their skin. So this is a way to help them kind of kind of build up their defenses, if you will, against a lot of these skin problems. So ask for that. There's um, there's Allerderm has one. Duxo is another company that has one. There's, there's several on the market. Quick question, Doc. When you change your food to find out if it is an allergy, how long do you have to give that food? Just a couple days or a week? No, that's a good question. You have to do that for at least 6 to 12 weeks. So it isn't something that can you can tell right away. The other thing is while you're doing that, and if you're, if you're doing a really strict hypoallergenic diet, you got to make sure there's no table food, there's no treats, and even flavored medications can interfere with that. So you can't do those kind of things, too. Wow. So, yeah. So, and then the other thing, Darlene, I was going to mention, even though it sounds like your baby was evaluated at that time of that yeast infection, is a lot of itchy dogs. I will still do just a kind of a, kind of cross my heart and hope that we covered all of our bases. We'll do a treatment for mites. And there are some topical uh, treatments. Selamectin is one of them that we can do just to do that for a month or two to ensure that we don't have some kind of underlying mite problem, which can sometimes get confused with okay. allergies in pets. So oh, okay. try the mites, try the diet, fatty acids, and the ceramides might be some of my solutions for you. Okay, great. 
Good luck with that, Darlene. And if you need a follow-up, let us know. We can do it for you. Once again, it has just flown by. I have so much fun. We all have a lot of fun when you're here with us. Join us next weekend. And if you happen to need your fix between now and then, head on over to AnimalRadio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. Have yourself a great one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.